Well, this morning we are wrapping up this series that we've been doing this last several weeks called I Am. So everybody look at your neighbor and say, I am. What we've been doing in this series, we've been talking about who we are and what God says about us, talking about everybody's favorite person, talking about ourselves. And so what we thought we'd do in this series is we'd just kind of get to know each other. Since we're talking about ourselves, we got to get to know each other well. So I notice most of you have already done this, but if you haven't already, grab your little name tag here this morning. Grab one of the markers from the seat back in front of you. Put your name on there. Put your little name badge on yourself today. And once you get that name badge on, why don't you turn to your neighbor and just tell them, hello, my name is whatever your name is. Come on, let's do that real fast. Just talk amongst yourself. We've been talking in this series about who God says that we are, and we've learned this very important principle. And the important principle that we've learned in God's Word is this, is that I'm not who I am because of what I do. I'm not who I am because of how successful I am or how good I can be or how much I've accomplished in my life. And I'm not who I am because of how I've failed or the faults in my life or the times that I've screwed up and really messed it up. And I'm not who I am because of the things that have happened to me, good or bad. And I'm not who I am because what somebody else has said about me or somebody else has done to me or for me or what somebody else didn't do to me or for me. We have learned that I am who I am because of what Christ has done. So everybody say that with me today. I am who I am because of what Christ has done. I am who I am because of who he is and because I belong to him and because of what he has done for me. Such powerful, powerful principles that we've learned in this series and hopefully by now we all really understand and recognize this principle in our life but here's the problem most of us we've heard it every single week I'm not who I am because of what I do I am who I am because of what he has done and we know it deep down in here we really know it but for many of us the problem is we can't get it from deep down in here what we know to right up in here in our mind what we think on a daily basis Like we come in here and we hear the message and you hear me talking about how God has created you for great things and you are who God says that you are and you hear all of those words spoken and deep down in here you know it but the problem is we got to get beyond just what we know to make it what we believe. And we walk out of here every single week, and every week there are thousands and thousands and thousands of voices that are speaking contrary to what God's Word says about us. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. I believe that's what Paul was speaking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there and follow along with me today. And Paul is talking about this struggle that we have inside, this struggle that goes on in our minds with our thoughts, with the voices that we hear in our minds all the time. And this is what he says. He says, for though we live in the world, We do not wage war war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine power. Everybody say divine power. They have divine power to demolish strongholds, and we demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
So here's the deal. Every single one of us sitting in here today, you got a battle that's going on around you. And the battle is going on right up here in your mind. It's the thoughts in your mind. It's the voices that you hear. In fact, I got a little confession to make as your pastor here today. Are you ready? The confession is this. I hear voices. Like, I know you're thinking pastor is weird, but here's the deal. You're weird too because you hear him too, right? I mean, how many would be honest with me today and you would say, hey, I got some little voices going on up in my head, right? It's those, it's those thoughts. It's those voices that come into our mind. It's those thoughts that come in that are contrary to what God says about us. And we come to church. You know how it is. You come to church and you hear the pastor say something like, man, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you go, yeah, that sounds good and I can do that. But then you walk out of the room and just a few minutes later, you got these thoughts that are saying, you're a nobody, you're a nothing, you can never do it, you don't have any talent, you don't have any abilities, and you can't do anything. And we read the Bible, and the Bible says stuff like, I am the righteousness of God, and we think, that's great. But then as soon as we close the Bible, we start thinking about, but do you remember what you did last week or what you did last night, and you're nothing but just a big old hypocrite? And we hear God say to us, I love you and I've called you and you are part of my family. And we think, yeah, I know that. But man, if you knew how I'd messed up or I'm all uh, all alone and nobody cares about me and I'm just a loser. And all of these thoughts and these voices that are contrary, these lies that are contrary to what God has said about us. And deep down, we know what God has said about us, but there are all these voices that speak into our minds contrary to what we believe and what we know. And that leads me to our key thought for today. It's coming on the screen. The key thought for today is this. The voices you believe will determine the future that you will experience. In fact, why don't you say that out loud with me today? One, two, three. The voices you believe will determine the future that you will experience. You see, even if something is not true, it will still affect your life if you believe it. And many of you have believed the lies of the enemy. You have listened to the voices in your mind. You have listened to what the enemy is saying about you. And it is affecting your future. It is affecting your life. You find yourself trapped by these lies in your mind. In fact, that's what Paul was talking about in this passage. He calls them strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Now, stronghold, that's kind of, it sounds like kind of a churchy word, kind of a Bible word. What in the world does it mean? I thought we'd just look at it. I did a little study on this word, and the word stronghold comes from a Greek word that actually means to fortify, or it means to be like a strong, a strong castle. But what I found that was really, really interesting about it is it literally means to be a prisoner locked by deception. And many of you, that's exactly where you're at today. You are a prisoner locked up by the deception, by lies of the enemy. You have allowed yourself to believe thoughts. You have allowed yourself to believe those voices in your head that are contrary to the voice of God and what he has to say about who you are. 
And I started thinking about what are some of the strongholds that hold us captive? What are some of the lies that deceive us, that, that hold us captive? And some of you, maybe you're here and maybe you would relate to some of these. In fact, I just wrote a few of them down. I put them in your notes. And, and if you relate to them, I would just ask you, just put a little check or a little circle over them so that you'll know which ones that you need to be aware of today. For some of you, maybe it's, maybe it's financial strongholds. And maybe, you know, you believe in these lies in your mind over and over. Well, I'm just never going to be good with money. Or I'm just always going to be broke. You know, my parents were broke. And my grandparents were broke. And it just runs in my family. We're just, we're just broke. And I'm just never, I, I don't understand budgets. And I don't know how that kind of stuff works. And I just get money and I just spend it. And that's just, just kind of the way that I am. And you've got some financial strongholds. How many of you would be honest this morning and say, hey, yeah, that's some, that's some of those things that I'm going through. Well, just put a little check by that this morning. How about this one? Some of you maybe you're experiencing some relational strongholds. And maybe, you know, the lies in your mind are things like, well, I'll just never have good relationships or all of my relationships just wind up ending and all my relationships wind up bad. Or maybe those of you that are not married, maybe you think, well, I'm just never going to get married and I'm just always going to be single and be an old maid forever. Or, or maybe some of you that are married, maybe you think, you know, my marriage is just never going to be good. Or, I've, you know, I've, I've trusted people and they hurt me and this is just the way that I am. How many would say? say this morning, I've had some relational strongholds in my life. Come on, you got to be honest, all right? Just put a little check by that one, all right? How about this one? Maybe it's some habitual strongholds. Maybe some of you have some habits or some addictions, some things that are holding you, that are holding you today. And, and maybe you've thought, well, I've tried to kick that and I've tried to do better. And more I try, the harder that it gets. Maybe, maybe some of you, maybe it's gambling and maybe it's like, you know, Powerball baby, you know, and if I win, I'll pay my tithe to the church. I promise Lord, right? Or maybe some of you, maybe it's looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at and you know you shouldn't be doing that and you do it over and over and you say, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop, but then you can't stop and so you start thinking, well, that's just who I am and that's the way that I'll always be. Maybe it's, maybe it's some addictions to some st- substances. Maybe it's alcohol or maybe it's, maybe it's nicotine or tobacco or maybe it's, you know, those $5 drinks at Starbucks and I just can't stop and that's just who I am because this is just the way I am. I can't change it. Maybe some of you have some mental strongholds. Man, I just, you know, I just have a bad attitude and that's just the way I am. You know, man, I'm just, I'm just a critical person. I'm just a ne- negative person, and I've tried to be more positive, and I am more positive. I'm positive. I'm just a critical person, you know? Maybe some of you, maybe it's some spiritual strongholds. Man, I've tried to go to church, and I go a couple of times, and then, you know, I wind up not going anymore. I've tried to read my Bible. I've promised God I'll read my Bible every day, and I read it for like three days, and then I, can't re- I don't read it anymore, and I forget. And this is just the way that I am. This is just who I am. Maybe some of you, it's some physical strongholds. Maybe some of you have thought, man, I know I need to get in shape, but I just can't do it, or I just can't eat right, or I just don't like the way that I look. And all of these lies, all of these voices in our mind these things that are contrary to what God says about us and I want you to notice one thing about all of these that was exactly the same about each one this is just the way that I am that's the voice that will go on in your mind that's just the way that you are 
You can't change. You can't be any different. And sometimes we can even begin to believe this lie to the point where we start to even think, even God can't change me. What an insult to the one who made us, to the one who created us, to think that he cannot change us to be who he has created us to be. And we listen to these voices and we believe these lies and they affect who we become because what you believe will eventually be what you become. So how do we begin to break out of these strongholds? How do we begin to listen not to the voice of the enemy, but to the voices that God has spoken over us? Well, I just want us to just look at a simple strategy here today. In fact, I made it easy for you today. I started them all with the same letter, so those of you who are Baptists are going to feel real comfortable this morning. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, here's a simple strategy. The first thing you got to do is you got to recognize. So everybody say recognize. Here's what we're going to do. When those thoughts come into our mind, when those voices come into our mind that say, this is just the way that you are, you can never change. When those negative thoughts, when those critical thoughts, when they come into our mind, here's what we're going to do. We're going to recognize them for what they are. We're going to recognize them for the lies that they are. In fact, look what the scripture says in Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Look what, it's, look what it says. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. See, the source of your life, what you will become, will all, all have to do with the thoughts that you think in your mind. The scripture says to carefully guard your thoughts. In fact, in Proverbs 23 and verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What we believe in our hearts and in our minds, that is what we will eventually become. So we've got to carefully guard our thoughts. You see, this is, this is how it works. It all starts with a thought. You can be going through life and everything's going good. And then you can, you can just have a thought. And it can be triggered by all kinds of things. It can be triggered by a song on the radio. It can be triggered by what somebody says. It can be triggered by a smell or something that you see. And it triggers that thought. And what happens after you have a thought? From a thought, usually the next step is an emotion, right? You think a thought, and then the next step is you start to feel a feeling. So you think something, and then all of a sudden it causes you to maybe feel angry. Or maybe it causes you to feel sad or it causes you to feel depressed, right? And so it goes from a thought to a feeling. And then what's the next step? It goes from a feeling to an action, right? I thought a thought. It made me feel sad. And so because I felt sad, I ate a whole gallon of ice cream, you know? Or I thought a thought, and it made me feel it made me feel angry. And so because I felt angry, I snapped at my wife or I yelled at the kids, or I, I thought a thought, and it caused me to feel depressed. And so because I felt depressed, I couldn't get up for work, and I called in sick, right? And here's what happens. Thoughts lead to emotions, and emotions lead to actions. And then those actions that we repeat over time eventually lead to what our lives will become. So we think a thought, which causes us to feel a feeling, which causes us to have an action. And when we repeat that process over and over... It begins to define our lives. I felt that way. I thought that way and I felt sad and I felt sad and so I ate a whole gallon of ice cream and I did that a few times and now I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. 
Or I thought that thought and it made me feel angry and I felt angry and so I snapped at my wife or I snapped at my children and I did that repeatedly until eventually I have a messed up marriage. Or I thought that thought that wound up making me feel depressed and I felt depressed so I called in sick for work and I did that a few times and now I don't have a job. Do you see what I'm talking about? Your thoughts lead to your feelings, lead to your actions, lead to your life. That's why it's so important that we have to have control over our thoughts. You have to have discipline in the area of the thoughts that you think in your mind, the voices that you allow yourself to listen to in your mind. You cannot allow yourself to just think whatever thought comes into your mind. So you have to recognize. Everybody say, recognize. You have to recognize when a thought comes into my mind, is that a good thought or is that a bad thought? Is that a God thought or is that a wrong thought? Is that the truth or is that a lie? That's what Paul was talking about in this passage in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Look what he says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What's that talking about? It's talking about anything that is not in alignment with God's word and with what God says about us. Those thoughts that do not align with God's word. What do we do? We demolish them. And then look what it says. For we take captive. Everybody say, take captive. We take captive. What do we take captive? We take captive every thought. Every thought that comes into our minds, we don't just allow it to roam freely in our minds. But when the thought comes into our minds, we are disciplined and we take it captive and we measure it. And when it is a good thought, we allow it to stay. And when it is a negative thought or a thought that is against the thoughts of the word of God and what God says about us, we take that thought captive. We recognize it for what it is. So I thought we'd just do a little practice here. Y'all ready for some practice? We're going to do this little thing like this, all right? We're going to go like this. This means good. So everybody go like this. This is a good thought, right? And then we're going to go like this. This means bad thought. So everybody go bad thought like this. And I'm just going to give you a couple of thoughts that might come through your mind. And you just give me good or bad, all right? You ready for this? Here we go. The first one is this. I don't have what it takes. Some of y'all, some of y'all are slow. All right. I'll never be good enough. All right, it's a bad thought. What about this one? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a good thought, right? What, what about this one? You know, I, I just, no matter how hard I try, I'm just never going to measure up. Bad thought, right? Everybody else gets all the breaks. Poor me. I'm just never going to have anything good happen to me, right? How about this one? God is with me and he will bless me and strengthen me in his timing. Good thought, right? What about this one? I don't like the way I look. I'm just fat and ugly and out of shape, right? How about this one? I am made in the image of Christ and my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm just always going to be broke. My parents were broke and my grandparents were broke. I'm just always going to be broke. I'm never going to have enough money. I'm just always going to be in debt, right? Bad thought. How about this one? I am blessed and highly favored by God and he will richly provide all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You understand what I'm talking about here? When a thought comes into my mind, when the voice comes into my mind, I recognize it for what it is. Is it a good thought? Is it a bad thought? And I take that thought captive. So I'm going to recognize. Everybody say recognize. Number two, I'm going to remove. Everybody say remove. Once we recognize these thoughts, these negative thoughts, these toxic thoughts that come into our mind, here's what we're going to do. We're going to immediately remove them from our thought pattern. I love what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 12 and verse 3. Look at this. He says, God, you know me. 
and you see me and test my thoughts about you. How many know that God sees and knows and tests every single thought that we have? He says, you know me and you see me. You test every thought. And then listen to this imagery here. I mean, incredible word picture. Here's what he says he wants God to do with those, with those thoughts that are wrong. I want you to drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. I mean, think about that. Imagine that in your mind. Here's what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says, every thought that comes into my mind, every voice that comes into my mind that is opposed to your word and what you have said about me, here's what I want you to do, God. I want you to drag it away, and I want you to slaughter it like a lamb to the slaughter. I don't want anything to do with that kind of thinking. In fact, that's what Paul said about it. Here's what he said we do. He said we demolish. Everybody say demolish. We demolish strongholds. When those thoughts come into our minds, we take them captive. We recognize them for the lies that they are, and we remove them from our thought pattern. We will not allow anything in our minds. We will not allow our hearts and our thoughts to dwell on anything that is opposed to what the Word of God says about us. We recognize it, and we remove it. It's like toxic waste. You can't allow toxic waste in your mind because you may think you have it contained, but eventually it will pollute and destroy everything about your life. The thoughts and the voices that you believe will define the, the, the future that you will experience. And so you've got to make sure, I will not allow any thought into my mind that is opposed to what God has said about who I am. I'm going to recognize, everybody say it, recognize I'm going to remove. Everybody say remove. Number three, so simple. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to replace. Everybody say it. Replace. We're going to replace those negative thoughts. We're going to replace those lies with the truth. See what Paul says about it in Philippians 4 and verse 7. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Look what he says to do. He says, think about such things. Paul says, instead of allowing myself to dwell on those inner voices, instead of allowing my thoughts to imprison me and to bring strongholds in my life, instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to recognize those lies for what they are. I'm going to remove them from my thought pattern, and I'm going to replace them with good things. I'm going to replace them with things that are good and things that are right and things that are pure and things that are loving and things that are admirable and things that are excellent and things that are praiseworthy. I'm going to fill my mind with the things of God, with the thoughts of God, with the word of God. I'm going to turn on the word of God in my car when I'm driving to work. I'm going to open up the word of God every morning and listen to it. I'm going to download the podcast. I'm going to get on the Bible app. And I'm going to do everything I can to fill my mind and my thoughts with the good thoughts, with the right thoughts with the thoughts of God that he thinks over me let me tell you something though this is not something that's going to come naturally it's something that's going to take some time it's going to take a process because here's the deal is we have trained ourselves to think the way that we think and for years we've thought with these same 
thought patterns. So here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to retrain our brain. Everybody say, retrain your brain. You have to retrain your brain. And it's kind of like this. I've shared this illustration with you before, but I think it, it fits so perfectly. It's kind of like when you learn a second language. Do we have anybody here that speak more than one language, learned any, any other language? we got some smart people in here. I don't know if you knew, but I speak Spanish. I didn't know if you knew that. I do, man. Taco, enchilada, tostada, fajita, you know. Actually, I don't speak Spanish. Not at all. I just, that's all I know. But here's the thing. What I've heard is that people who speak another language, what, what I've heard is that when you first start to learn that second language, it's not natural. It doesn't come natural to you. In fact, it's quite cumbersome and quite, you know, kind of awkward. If those of you that, that have learned a second language, you might know what I'm talking about. Because here's what I've heard is that, like, when you're trying to speak that second language, say English is your original language, maybe you're trying to learn Spanish or something like that. When someone talks to you in Spanish, you hear what they say in Spanish, but your mind thinks in English, right? So you have to hear what they say in Spanish, and then you have to, in your mind, you translate that into English, right? And then you think about your response to them, and you think about it in English, and then you have to translate it into Spanish, and then you speak it to them in Spanish. That's pretty awkward, right? I mean, that's kind of hard, kind of time-consuming. And so what I've, what I've heard is that as you first start to learn this new language, that's what you have to do. They speak to you in Spanish, then you translate it into English, so you know what it means and then you think of your response you translate that response from English to Spanish then you speak it out and that takes a long time but what many people do who want to learn a new language, what they'll do is they will immerse themselves in the culture, like missionaries and things like that. Maybe they will move to a Spanish-speaking culture where they're completely immersed in the language and they don't speak English at all in that, in that country or in that culture. And what I've heard is that after a few months, sometimes it might take three months, four months, five months, six months, but after a while, something starts to shift. Something starts to just click and change and after a little while of being immersed in the culture suddenly something changes and suddenly they start to think differently and instead of having to think what did they say and translate it from Spanish into English and then think what am I going to say and translate it from English to Spanish and then say it in Spanish something changes and it clicks and suddenly they're no longer thinking in English but instead they just think in Spanish And here's what happens in our lives. For all of our lives, we've been trained to think a certain way. And I can get up here all day long and I can tell you recognize and remove and replace and all of that kind of stuff. But until you start training yourself, until you start training your thoughts to begin to think the way God thinks about you, nothing is going to change. And at first, man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be cumbersome. You're going to have to actually be conscious of what you're doing because you're going to have thoughts that come in. As soon as you leave today, you're going to have thoughts that are going to come into your mind. I'm not good enough or I'll just always be broke, or I'll just never have a good relationship. And what you've got to do is train yourself consciously that as soon as I think that, I'm going to do what? I'm going to recognize what that is. I'm going to take it captive. I'm going to remove it immediately from my, from my thought life, from my vocabulary. I'm going to remove it, and I'm going to replace it with something good. And at first, that's going to take a little time. At first, that's going to take a little process. It's going to be hard work. But when you begin to immerse 
yourself in the culture of God's word, when you begin to focus on continually what God has said about you, when you begin to train yourself to think in this way, then suddenly someday it's going to click and things are going to shift and they're going to change and you're going to learn a new language, the language of God, the thought language that God has for you and for your life. You train yourself to think. And when that thought of fear or anxiety comes into your mind, you capture that and you remove it and you replace it. And instead of thinking thoughts of fear, you think thoughts of hope. You think thoughts of trust. You think thoughts of faith. Instead of thinking that negative thought, you begin to think positive thoughts and excellent thoughts. Instead of thinking a critical thought, when it comes into your mind, you take it captive and you begin to think praiseworthy thoughts. Instead of thinking those dis contented thoughts. Instead, you take them captive and you look at things that you can be thankful for and praise and thanksgiving. And as you begin to do that, God begins to change the way you think about yourself. That's just the way I am, Pastor. I can't change. Those are the voices in our mind we have to recognize. We have to, we have to remove. We have to replace. And then look what happens when we recognize, we remove replace. Look what happens. Number four, we renew. Everybody say renew. renew. Romans 12 and verse 2, look what it says. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. What's Paul talking about? He's talking about, hey, I'm not going to think the way the world thinks. I'm not going to allow my mind to be conformed to the way, to the culture, to the thinking of this world. But look what he says to do. He says, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Man, when you begin to take captive every thought, when you begin to retrain yourself to think the way God thinks about you, when you begin to focus on the word of God, when you begin to pour it into your mind and into your thoughts, when you begin to immerse yourself in the presence of God and in the culture, in the thought language of God, here's what happens. God begins to renew your mind. He begins to change you from the inside out. I studied that word renew in the Greek and, and you know what it you know what it means? It means to renovate. And some of you here, man, and you've got an old way of thinking. You've got an old way of living. And it's old and it's run down and it's out of date. You've thought the way the world is thinking about you for too long. And here's what I want to tell you today is that God wants to renew your mind. He wants to take the old and he wants to renew it with something new and with something fresh. He wants to build you in to all that he has called you and created you to be. And it happens when you begin to change the way that you think. No more stinking thinking. We're going to start thinking the way God thinks about us. But it's going to be a process. It's going to take work. It's going to take changing the way that we think. You know, that's what Paul was talking about in this passage in Colossians 1 and verse 29. Look what he says. He says, that's what I'm working for. I work hard with, look what he says, with all of Christ's strength. For his strength works powerfully in me. Paul says, hey, I'm working at this, but I'm not working in my own strength. Look whose strength he says I'm working in. I'm working with Christ's strength. 
I'm working at this with all of Christ's strength. You see, sometimes we get this wrong. Sometimes I see people, and, and here's what they do. They say, I'm going to work at it with all my strength. Man, I'm going to do everything I could. If I could, just, if I could just be better, if I could just work harder, man, if I could just memorize more scripture, if I could just read more of the Bible, if I could just do more, if I could just be a better person. And, and we try, we try, we try, we try with all of our might, and we fall short every single time. But then there are other people, on the other hand, that go, well, I'll just let God do it. Bless God, brother, I'll just pray, and then he'll just do it all. Here's the deal. It's neither one of those. It's not all me, and it's not all he. Here's what it is. It's all we. Paul says, I work with all of Christ's strength. Look what he says. I work with whose strength? With Christ's strength. You see, here's the deal. is You're not good enough, and you can't do it on your own. But here's the good thing, is that through Christ, you can do all things makes me think about, you know, maybe the little boy who loves basketball. Maybe some of you dads, maybe you have a little kid like this little boy who just likes to shoot the basket, and maybe the little boy's dream is to one day be able to slam dunk the ball, right? The little boy jumps, and he jumps as high as he possibly can, but no matter how high the little boy is, it's old, you're never going to dunk a basketball on your own. But then the little boy's dad comes along. The little boy's dad takes the little boy underneath the arms. You've seen this before. You know what I'm talking about. And the little boy jumps with everything that he has, all the fibers of his muscles, of his being. He jumps with all that he has, which would never be enough to dunk the ball on his own. But then the dad takes the little boy underneath the arms and lifts him up to the basket, and the little boy dunks the ball. Man, that's what it's like, that we can't do it on our own. You're not good enough, and you would never be able to do it on your own. But you just can't sit back and say, well, God will just do it. No, you leap, you jump with all of your might. And when you give all that you have, then his strength comes along. And he takes us under the arms, and he lifts us up to that place that we would never be able to be and never be able to go. And the things that we would never be able to do on our own. Well, Pastor, I just can't do it. That's just the way that I am. No, it's not just the way that you are. God created you to be all that he called you and created you to be. And those words, that's just the way I am, that's an insult to the creator, the one who made you and created you. He created you to be the righteousness of God. He created you in his image to be all that he made you to be. You may be here today. You may be facing some strongholds. You may be facing some things that have a grip on your your life. You may be here and you are a prisoner of deception. If you continue to allow yourselves to believe those voices, you will become what you believe. Your future will be defined by the voices that you listen to. Even if it's not true, it will affect you if you choose to believe it. So here today, I'm calling for some people who will say, I choose no longer to believe the lies of the enemy, but instead I choose to believe what God has said about me. I'm going to take every thought captive. I'm going to remove any thought from my life that would not be in alignment with what God has said about me. I'm going to fill my life with the Word of God and with what He has said about me and who He says that I am, and I'm going to renew my mind so that I will know longer be transformed to the pattern of this world, but instead I will test and approve God's good and perfect will 